Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey everyone, welcome to the Building Heroes podcast. This is episode 106, and I'm really excited to be here today. I'm here with Angela Trusty, and I'm excited for you to hear her message because she is an awesome homeschool mom, just like you, and she has some great words to share with us about connecting with our kids, which I sometimes realize I'm such a doer that sometimes I'm forgetting to be a connector. So it's always good to be reminded of that for sure. So Angela, welcome. Angela is a homeschool mom of four, and I'm actually going to turn the time over to you to tell us your homeschool story. All right. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Um, I first heard about homeschooling a couple, probably a couple years before I even had our first child and it immediately made sense to me. I, I decided right away. That's what I wanted to do. I was going to be very excited about not sending my kids away all day long. Um, so I made that decision with my husband right then. And we never looked back. We always knew we would homeschool all the way through. And, um, that's what we did for 23 years, our four kids. And now they're all graduated and doing their things. So we are very happy with um, how that all turned out. I love that. And I love that you knew that you always wanted to homeschool before you even had kids. Because a lot of us homeschool moms come into this going, that's weird. I don't know if I can do that. I don't think I'm organized enough. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm not organized enough to do it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just stubborn sure. enough to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I love that too. Cause I think that might just be the key is we got to be stubborn enough to do it. Cause I don't think any mom actually, I'll take that back. I would say most moms are probably not organized enough to do it, but some might be. So right. <laughs> just their yeah. talent and that's great. I don't want to go inside their houses and see what's going on because I'm pretty sure that would make me feel pretty bad about myself and my disorganization. My sp- I like to call it spontaneous instead of disorganized. So it feels better. That's a good reframe. But at the same time, you know, obviously we don't want to compare ourselves because the beautiful thing is, is what this just shows us is that pretty much any mom can homeschool no matter what their talents are. And yet we right. think that um, so- some of us think that we have to be more organized, but we really don't. <laughs> right. We don't. We just have to love our kids. We're going to do the best thing for them with our love for them. So, yeah, absolutely. So why don't you give us a little update of how all of your kids have turned out? I mean, turned out. I mean, what are we <laughs> doing now? Because, you know, a lot of times when you first start homeschooling, you do wonder, you're like, oh, where is this all going? Can this even be successful? You know? So- yes. Yes. I had a lot of wondering about that at the beginning because I didn't know. I, I never had anyone else that I knew that homeschooled. So- I tried 
like a little community homeschool gym class or something. And it really wasn't for us. And, and I never really wanted to do co-ops or anything. And I didn't have a lot of friends that homeschooled. So I really had to do a lot of figuring it out. And that long ago, there weren't like Facebook groups either to be in. So and I, I think it really turned out great that I had to do that because I might have wanted to follow what other people did and try and force that to work instead of figuring out what my family needed. Um, but I've got a 29 year old son. He's married. He's got two kids. He's just about to get his PhD in psychology in a couple months. And, um, he's pretty happy about that. <laughs> uh, and I, the next one is 24 and she's an author. She, um, planned on going to college after high school and, I could just tell that she wasn't really feeling like that was the right thing to do, but she kind of thought she had to, you know, society. And one day I said to her, you know, you don't have to do that. And she just broke down and cried and, and realized that she did not have to do that. And so she has been working on her author career and she's got four books self-published on Amazon. And that's super fun. She's very happy with that. Um, the next one is 21 and she is studying to be a life coach and she's working, you know, at the mall, at the pretzel store, having fun with that and <laughs> going through, uh, her training. And I think she's going to be really awesome at that. She's, she's got a good understanding of, um, those principles that she's learning. And then my youngest is 20 and he's, um, serving a church mission right now. He's interested in um, maybe being a physical therapist. He's not sure about all that school that he needs to do to do that right now. He's got personal trainer certificate. Um, and he helps some people with their exercising. So but doing community service on his, on his, um, it's a service mission. So he's living at home doing community service. So that's where they're all right now. <clears throat> I love that. And I love the variety of your kids. Cause what it, you know, this is what we want as parents is we want our kids to go on their own paths and you know, you're showing, yeah, you can be homeschooled and get a PhD and mm -hmm. you can be yeah. homeschooled and not go to college and still have purpose in life. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of funny um, because my oldest that's gone and he graduated in 2010, he's got he got a bachelor's in piano performance first, and then he couldn't get into grad school, the one he wanted for psychology with that degree. So he went and got a second bachelor's. He's been in school for a very long time. And he was the one during homeschool that, that liked more structure, more textbooks, more schoolish feeling, um, you know, way to do it. So the others, not so much. And they are, so it didn't, it hasn't surprised me at all how they, what they've decided to do and how they've gone about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said earlier too, where you said, you know, sometimes you just need, well, sometimes really, you just need to learn to follow your own heart with really what does your family need? Because it gets confusing out there. There are so many different ways you can homeschool and, and that yes. does get overwhelming. And so 
maybe talk to us a little bit about how you figured out how to be confident in doing what your family needs. Well, I like to think about um, expectations. So, you know, and, and I don't know how much of my oldest son's love of schoolish things uh, reflects that that's all I knew. I went to public school. My husband went to public school. And like I said, I didn't know anyone who homeschooled. So I started out kind of that way. Um, and the expectation, the expectations that go with that. And then as I kind of learned, oh, well, he was very cooperative and did everything and, you know, sat down and did his work or whatever. And then my second one came along and she was the total opposite. She was not that at all. She didn't want to do anything at all, at all <laughs> that I said to do or that I expected. Um, and so I tried, I, I was even like, I've got to take myself out of the equation here. I can't be her teacher or whatever I was thinking. I need to have someone else. I mean, I wasn't going to send her to public school. My husband suggested it briefly, but um, I just couldn't do it. And so I looked for other ways, a curriculum that would teach, a video teacher, whatever, if I could just remove myself from that. And that did not work any better at all. So I just decided to do the total opposite and just be her partner instead of her teacher. Just, you know, work together, learn together, play together. And that was incredible for her and the others. And probably that changed how I would homeschool the two younger ones too. But um, that was amazing to be a partner instead of trying to be the teacher. And I don't, and I like to tell people don't, don't just try to become the teacher because then you're, especially when the kids are young, they're just, they're missing their mom. They're kind of, it, it could scare them actually. Why are you turning into this person instead of just being mom? But so the expectations change instead of looking at academic standards or what the public school was doing or whatever. Um, I had more real expectations for my family and for my kids and, and what progress looked like. It didn't have to look the same for each of my kids. It doesn't have to look the same for my kids as it does for the neighbors or anyone else. As long as I, you know, we, we were happy, we were progressing and happy together. And that made a huge difference. And then with the connection, with the relationship with the kids, you know, I mean, I, my relationship with my oldest is, is good too, but I was giving him what he needed too, but they were, they were not going to be feeling that. So we needed to change our expectations. Yeah. And I think that's <clears throat> totally part of the whole homeschool journey because we do just start off with what we know. And for most of that, that is public school. And we find that that doesn't always translate so well to a homeschool, mm -hmm. but it also depends on the kid, right? Because my oldest right. actually sounds pretty similar to yours. He, he likes more structure, very cooperative. He's gone mm -hmm. on to get higher degrees and not a PhD. He did get his MBA, <laughs> but... <laughs> But at the same time, as he got older, I loosened up too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once he was in high school, we weren't really doing textbooks. I mean, a couple, you know, 
like specific ones, but I wasn't trying to have a curriculum where someone else planned the thing or whatever. Well, and we're not worrying so much about when they're hitting the standards. Right. (laughs) And, and letting those be our master. Instead, we're just looking for progress Mm -hmm. instead of, um, meeting the benchmarks at a certain time, just because somebody said they had to learn that at this time. Right. Well, when I realized too, that, you know, if you, if you're a kid in school and you move to a different city and you're in a different school district, they're learning different things. They've already done what you've, what you're doing. They haven't done it yet. I mean, it's not, it's not like everyone learns the same thing, even in public school as other people in other schools. Well, and even with common core standards, that was meant to correct all that anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) But But as adults, we don't know the same things as our friends, our own age or whatever. And so I decided, well, kids can learn like adults can. So why would I try and, I mean, adults are people, kids are just people. It should work the same way. So it stopped bothering me that they knew things at a different time than other kids their age. Right. Because... And I'm not even sure that the common core standards worked like they intended. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because everybody has gaps in their learning. You right. know, you sit in a class and maybe you zone out a little bit. You miss that lesson. Mm-hmm. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to happen in homeschool too. So yeah, yeah like the, the real thing about learning is, is if you, if you really need it, you can go learn it. Right. And you know how. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, it is really a wonderful thing to be able to homeschool so that we can help guide our kids on their hero journeys Mm -hmm. because they're all going to be different. And one of the ways that I love that you talk about a lot about how to do that is how you connect with your kids. And you've been really intentional with that. Uh, I had Angela come on into our membership so she could teach us, um, give us a training on how to do that with our kids in our membership, the Hero Journey membership. So love that. But why don't you talk to us a little bit about how you have focused on being their partner and, and creating the connections rather than being the teacher where you're like the authority figure saying, you have to do this. Otherwise (laughs) you're going to be uneducated and I'm going to be a failure. Right. It's not quite what you say, but that's really the gist of it. That's how it feels sometimes. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. You kind of need to not hang your happiness or your success on what they, what they do. But um, (laughs) yeah. So with my, with my daughter that wouldn't cooperate when I decided to just be a partner with her, I started to sit down next to her and do the same work that she was doing as if I was a student right next to her. Um, And that was amazing. And I kept doing that for the rest of all the way until everyone had um, graduated that I feel like that's a little bit of positive peer pressure they don't feel like they're alone. They feel like, I mean, sometimes I would, you know, mess up the math problem or whatever we were doing and they can see that they don't have to be perfect either. Um, and, and it's just, I think it's just encouraging to have 
for them to have me sit next to them and do the same work. I didn't always do their work, but, but usually I was always right there sitting there, whether I was doing something of my own, but most of the time I did do their work anytime they did, um, like a free write where we would spend 10 or 15 minutes writing, whatever random thing I would do that too. And just participate in everything with them. And I know that not everyone literally has the time for that. I didn't have to work, um, raising my kids. So I didn't have to work outside the home. So I, the homeschooling was my focus, but, um, as much as possible, I would do that. That's, that's huge. Um, and just, like I said, just sitting there next to them, being available, having them know that, that I was there and anytime they needed to ask me any question or talk about anything or take a break that I was right there with them. Um, and, and we, you know, research things together and we've done like they did a school newspaper when they were younger. And I gave everyone, everyone got to choose what thing they wanted to do, crossword puzzles or history articles or whatever. And I just also, I got an assignment just like they did. Um, so it was, it just really, I think it just made them feel like I was on their team all the time. Yeah. And yeah, I was going to say, I really like how you phrase that is I'm on their team. Yeah. Cause, cause you're there to support them. And maybe sometimes you're the coach of their team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I can see it has, you know, as young adults, they, I mean, obviously I don't know what our relationship would be like if I had done it all completely differently, but, um, they feel very free to tell me anything they need to, or ask me any questions, even if it, even if they are afraid it's a dumb question or whatever about life. And so I really like that. Um, I feel like it led to that relationship with them as adults. Yeah, that's, that's really good. So when you started doing this with your second child and you're sitting next to this child doing their schoolwork at the same time, what did you do with the younger kids? Well, that, you know, it's been a really long time. People, people ask about this all the time. Oh, what do I do with a two-year-old or whatever? And I just, I like to say that homeschooling is just parenting. So if I was going to teach my, when she was five or six or whatever, if I was going to teach my five-year-old how to tie their shoes, I would not think that I needed to wait for the toddler's nap time to do that. I would just do it. And the kids, the little tiny kids would be around in the area. You you can't wait for nap time for everything. And I just approached it the same way there. I'm available. People are climbing on my lap or maybe they're napping or I, I know that a lot of moms today don't really want to use a playpen. And I'll hear a lot of my two-year-old won't, won't let me cook dinner. They're climbing all over me. And I'm like, put them in a playpen. It really, it really is okay. And so I did use the playpen. We were right there next to whoever needed to be like contained while we were doing things. Um, but it's just, it's just like parenting. I, I never compartmentalized it and they're just there. They're interrupting. Sure. Or, you know, my oldest learned to do a lot of, he's quite a bit older. So like the year he started kindergarten, was the year I had my second. And then the, other, the three of the younger ones were born within four years. So 
he learned to do everything by shutting out the sounds that were going on around him. And I don't know. It's just, it's just family. It's just what it is. You've got a family, you've got several little kids. They're going to be around and it actually still works. They all got educated. Yes. Yes. Interruptions and all. Totally agree. I think we call play pens porta cribs now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. For for uh, me, I I just always made sure we were in a room that had a door. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get out or yeah. a, a gate or something. We just had we. It's the containment principle. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because they're there. There, and you need to you need to be with the kid that you're helping learn something or doing the work, but you need to also make sure those other people are going to stay alive. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and, and little kids want to be around their moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they need to be. It's like, yeah, they, they don't, they should not be wandering around off in the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knows what. Well, and, and they wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to do what their older siblings are doing too. So they would do whatever they would color it would make them feel like they were doing something that looked like the older ones were doing it so yep yep it is really just life that is parenting so my other question about this sitting next to them doing work the same work as they are how did you make it so that the kid didn't feel like you were competing with them because I (laughs) that that can't happen (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it can. Well, I definitely worked slower than I would have if it was actually my own work. (laughs) And then a lot of times I would just ask them questions about it. Like they were going to help me with it, you know, and, and, you know, you can learn more deeply when you are explaining or helping or teaching. So that helped in that way too. Um, and let them see when I made mistakes and just, just, I was very, um, aware of not, uh, not making them feel like I was just whipping through it and doing better and whatever, because of course, if it's, I mean, you know, if I'm sitting next to a seven-year-old doing math, I'm probably going to get them all right. And maybe they won't. And so we just would talk about it. Or if I messed up something, I would be like, Oh, I got that one totally wrong. And just, just show vulnerability, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I love that. Well, it, it's so interesting because the with in homeschooling there's just so many different ways that we can work with our kids connect with our kids and i love hearing other ideas from other moms and then we can try them and see if we like them and sometimes right. we like it and <laughs> and so, <laughs> sometimes we do and then we're like oh that's good cuz like one thing i really like to do is the read aloud which i think yeah. most moms do but for me that's just really usually a connecting time unless my kids are grumpy and they don't want to do it. And then you're like, you're doing it anyway. But <laughs> in that case, maybe you end up having a different lesson. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes the lesson definitely changes in the middle. Yeah. We loved read aloud. I mean, I, I probably read aloud for two hours a day for years. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. And it's funny because when you start, when you have a lot of kids like I do, and when you get to the end of them, <clears throat> 
they start feeling like they're older than they are and and <laughs> the other kids around are are working on their own and and they start feeling like they that all you know it's all baby stuff like and I'm talking like I have college oh. kids that come home mm-hmm. and I'm like this is an interesting transition that I was never expecting yeah <laughs> so and that's the whole thing with a homeschool journey is that you're continually renegotiating the relationships you're continually renegotiating what you're doing and you're continually right. <laughs> adjusting like you you think you got to figure it out with one kid and then the next one comes along right <laughs> or yes or yeah. the, the kid the same kid doesn't like what you're doing anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's always surprising. You're like, you always liked this before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all very different. I, all of my kids. So three of them would love to listen, to read aloud. Even my oldest, when he was in college, he would come home and listen to me read whatever I was reading to them. Um, But one of the, <laughs> the um third or my third child she did not she can't listen she's she just hates to listen to any story and has no idea what it was after she heard it and so it's funny because you know I want to say oh my kids love to be read to and actually they don't all love it I actually don't love it myself if someone reads to me I can't pay attention very well (laughs) I'm glad I was the one reading so that I could have some idea what was going on True. Yeah. They are very different from each other a lot of times. Yeah. But I think, you know, when you're taking into consideration how you want to connect with your kids, we have to look at how they like to be connected with, but then we also Mm -hmm. have to look at how we like to connect as well. Right. Sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zones, but there's definitely ways that we like to do it more than others too. Yes. Yes. I have a, a, just a thing that I, um, have that it's, it's called curriculum is not the key. And in it, I have p- parents write, just observe their children and write a paragraph about their children, what they like to do, how they like to play, how they like to learn and all of the things they can think of. And then also write a paragraph about themselves and then look for similarities in the, in between them and their kids so that they can effectively plan what to try and how to connect and how to help their kids learn. So yeah, it's good to look at yourself and your kids and you need to overlap. Yeah, that's so good. And it's really good to be observant too, because sometimes I find myself just getting caught up in all the to do's of life. <laughs> and then I'm like, mm-hmm. Wait, maybe I need to step back and actually look and observe and notice. And that's usually when, oh, somebody's given pushback or somebody's feeling grumpy. Right. Maybe I need to pay a little more attention. Like those are good cues for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, while you're noticing, so, you know, sometimes you want to get in a hurry and think, okay, this week I'm going to observe my kids. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to write down everything I notice about them. And then next week I'm going to make all the changes. And that is sometimes <laughs> too much. I find that if you just go along noticing, you decide to notice and you just notice and notice indefinitely and don't have a plan, it still changes because the desire in you changes as you're noticing. Yes, that is so good because we tend to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, we're just going to say, okay, 
I'm going to change this, this, this about the morning routine and this and this, and, and I'm going to make all my meals from scratch and I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. We have all these good desires in our heart, but there's no way you, if you, you can't go from here to here all in one fell swoop (laughs) and, and, and it's true. Sometimes just noticing will make some of those changes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's disturbing. It's like the total change. If your personality changes into the teacher from the mom, it's, it's kind of scary. Like kids like to feel like they have some idea what's going to go on. And if you suddenly change everything, it's, it's too stressful. I found that when there was too much stress, they aren't going to learn anyway. So why would I do something that would completely stress everyone out in order to help them learn when it's just going to thwart my efforts? And they're not going to learn because they're all stressed right. out or mad or upset or you are. Yeah. And yep. this that's what's so funny is that that's what so many of us do when we first jump into homeschooling. We want it to be such a big success that we go and we buy all the curriculum. Like yeah. I did this. I bought like tons. And oh, I, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I think I had like 16 different subjects for my first grader that we were going to cover that first year, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we were going to school from like nine to five every day. And oh yeah, <laughs> it was just power struggles because I was being the teacher. And I, um, I realized this isn't going to last long. <laughs> yeah, no, it is not. No, yeah. no. And, and really it's just because we have to have that mindset shift that we are on their team. We are their coach. We're here to guide them. We're their mentor. We, we're going to help them go on their journey. We're there to support them and believe in them. And that, that works so much better. And I love the name of what you said you have is curriculum is not the key because that's what we tended to think is, Oh, this curriculum is not working. (laughs) He hates it. And I do too. Or so then we keep buying more curriculum and more curriculum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not the curriculum that's not working. I, I think anyone could use anything for, you can learn anything from anything. And Mm -hmm. it's the, it's what we do with the curriculum. My husband, you know, the first several years I was looking around for curriculum all the time. And he would say, it doesn't matter what you use, just do a little something every day, whatever you, whatever you're using to do that with, just do a little something every day. And it doesn't matter at all what you use. So I, that's good. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I definitely believe that. And, and it's funny because, you know, we're after a curriculum, a curriculum. I I like to look up words in the dictionary to find out they have more meaning than I understood before. And so I, I looked up curriculum and the, and the meaning of that is a course of study. And so then I looked up course and a course is progress. It's advancing. It is a moving forward the direction of your motion. It's not the thing you use to cause that motion. So the curriculum is just the vehicle that you're using. It's not the actual place you're going. It's not the goal. Finishing the curriculum isn't the goal. The goal is the place you're going. The curriculum or lack of curriculum, set of books, discussions, conversation, whatever, is just the way you get there. It's not where you're going. Yeah. And what I always say too, is curriculum is just the tool. Mm -hmm. It it should be your servant, not your master. Right. Yeah. And I had to give up on those because I couldn't handle (laughs) making it my servant. 
I, I felt like I had to do all of that stuff. And it's, it was ridiculous to me once I, once I gave up trying to use a curriculum and I just made it up myself. I like to realize that I have no idea what's in the curriculum I didn't buy. And so I'm not worried about what's in there, <laughs> you know, yeah. like just because I bought it, it would, it would completely stress me out. And I'd be so worried about doing everything that's in there, but if I just didn't buy it, I would not have to worry about what was in there. <laughs> That's so it worked true. great. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I mean, and the thing is, is I think curriculum does help some people yeah. and it also stresses out people. And mm -hmm. I think some curriculum works better for certain people than other curriculum does too, you know, but I yeah. think what you're saying overall, you can pretty much use any curriculum that you have. Mm -hmm or not. And right. you, you could still be fine because like you said, curriculum is not the key to having success in your homeschool. And yet we still think that is what it is because it's kind of like the magic bullet. You mm -hmm. know, when I find the right curriculum, we're kind of, yeah. we're going to be so good at this, but really it's more about parenting and it's more about connecting with the kids and it's more about the relationships yep. and, and knowing who they are and helping them on their path. Yes. Yes. You know, I knew when my kids were little, I knew a family that used a curriculum through like one of the, um, virtual schools. They, they furnished the curriculum, but it was like all textbooks, you know, it was um, mm -hmm. not online. So he, and, and the dad was actually doing it cause he was retired and the mom was working. And he told me one day, I just administer the program. And I went home thinking, that is really sad. He's just administering the program. But then I got to thinking about it. And I mean, they were happy. He was totally happy. They were having a ball. His kids were having a blast with him. <laughs> and I thought that really works for them. Like that very structured curriculum that works great for them. They loved it. I tried the same one. And I mean, I kind of liked it. I liked a lot of things about it. And some of my kids liked it and some didn't, but I didn't love it the way they loved it. And I realized, oh, cause I was like, oh, that's just sad. I mean, I hope I wasn't being judgmental, but I just thought, oh, he's just administering the program, but they were just getting it done and then having a ball the rest of the day. And they were all so happy. And so, yeah, I think that everyone is different. You, you can feel however you want to feel about whatever materials you're using. And I suspect that his manner of administering the program is what made the difference. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure he was a lot more fun than I was. <laughs> <laughs> because I've met other people who have administered programs and the kids hated it and it wasn't nearly as fun. So, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's yeah. how you, how you go about it and your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I heard this study <clears throat> last night, my friend told me this. She said, whenever you're training a kid to do something or they're learning something new, it typically takes 400 repetitions to, <laughs> to learn it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's actually a number to it. I always just thought it was way longer than you would ever expect it to. <laughs> <laughs> That's the definition of 400. <laughs> yeah. And then she said, but if you do it playfully, if you're having fun on average, it only takes 16 times. Wow. I know. I was like, oh, dang. That is a huge difference. <laughs> I got to Well, change. that's true. I mean, if you're stressing people out, 
most of those 400 times are not going anywhere. Like I would always say, if there is crying, there is not learning. Yep. Yep. If somebody's mad, (laughs) you can't make them hear you. You can't make them learn. (laughs) Yep. No, it's just, but, but often that when that's what I was saying, when I first started homeschooling and I was power struggling all day long, that's what I was trying to do because we had to get through the curriculum. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You have to, there are so many days, there's 180 lessons in there. I I know you have to do do. it every single day. doesn't matter what your life is like. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Oh, those are rough. (laughs) Oh, Good times. And, you know, I fully understand feeling the stress and feeling like I have to get through the curriculum. And so I am not judging any homeschool mom. Oh, me neither. We're, yeah. we're not. We're not judging any homeschool mom that is in feeling is like that, but we're here very to real. hope, hope mm-hmm. because you don't have to, and you can pick and choose whatever you want to do. And we can make that our servant. Our yep. school. It's like a hammer. You don't have to use it if you don't have any nails to pound in. Right. Pull out, I guess. <laughs> or pull out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would I just I I like to help people know that I I had all those feelings. I don't, I mean, I homeschooled for a long time and it's hard to remember all those feelings, which is hopeful, I think. But yeah. <laughs> I did not start out feeling like, like homeschool was the least stressful thing in my life for years and years. I have now felt like homeschool was the very least stressful thing in my life. And I, but I did not start feeling that way at the beginning. So there is hope. I like to just give hope. It does not have to feel this way forever. Right. And I, I will say I I've homeschooled now for 23 years and I still have another eight year or six years left. Actually, I don't really know. I should do the math. Yeah. Six <laughs> more left. Um, but they, now I lost my train of thought doing my math problem. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But what I was going to say is like, sometimes I actually still go back into that old trap where I'm like, you guys got to get through this curriculum. And then I I like, but the beautiful thing is, is I can readjust a lot more quickly Mm -hmm. if it's not working. Yes. And (laughs) I would find that that, yeah, it's not like it never comes up again. Like I said, years without homeschool yeah. stress, that doesn't mean I never felt an inkling of it. Right. That means I knew what I could do about it or whatever. And it's, it usually just came when I heard about something someone else was doing or yeah. a little bit of comparison or you start to worry a little bit about college or whatever, the future, how are they going to take care of themselves? You know, they're going to take care of themselves. I mean- yeah, you know, most that's, adults do that's that the pattern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I even remember thinking about some of my kids. I don't know if they're ever going to get potty trained or if they're ever going to learn how to read. And you know, mm-hmm. barring any major disabilities, right. they usually go to college being able to read and not in diapers. So right, it's very if they decide to go to college, (laughs) right? Yes, or I guess I should say leave my home or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just become adults. (laughs) Yeah, it's true, and it's it's the same for this. They'll have what they need, or they'll learn to do it as adults. I mean, honestly, I got married when I was 18, less than a year after I graduated from high school. I had 
just the tiny little bit of college, that little amount. And I, I learned how to live and I learned what I needed to learn. I didn't know everything. And that's the beautiful um, thing is that we can learn how to live with our kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because they are probably the best reason for us to learn how to live. Right. And it shows <laughs> them how to learn how to live. It shows them you, you, you model that for them, whatever you're doing, you're modeling it for them. So it might as well be learning how to live or having fun or having yeah. a relationship. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> to wrap this up, cause we're about out of time here. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, Really, the biggest thing about homeschooling is remembering that it is parenting, that it is a journey, and that we're learning as we go. And if you're at the beginning and you're all stressed out, that's normal, but you don't have to stay there. (laughs) Right. You do not have to stay there. Yeah. Yes. You're just watch your brain, watch what you're thinking, because what you think makes you feel how you feel. So it does. So if you're all stressed out, then pay attention to thinking about, or to noticing what you're thinking and change mm-hmm. you can flip it. You really can just do it that easily and start. You can, you can. I like to, I like to, uh, suggest to people to slow down their thoughts. And sometimes you feel like you can't tell what you're thinking. And so I suggest just dumping it all out on a piece of paper and then go through there and see what these thoughts actually are. And when you think them, how it makes you feel, because we can choose how we feel by, by watching our thoughts and choosing our thoughts. Yeah. Yes. So good. (laughs) I love journaling. I never actually thought I would say that, but I have come to (laughs) it because it helps me, you know, get some semblance of order in this swirling mass of craziness in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. It does help. I, yeah, I don't do enough of it either, but yeah, it's really helpful to get our, because when we have thoughts in our head and we keep them in our head, they, they grow. So if they're ones that cause bad feelings and we don't want, they, they grow. If we kind of keep them inside, getting them out sometimes shows us that they don't need to be everything. Yeah. Cause what you focus on grows. Mm-hmm. It does. Okay. Yeah. So I was just thinking about the fact that you actually have a connection journal too. So more about that and how our audience can learn more about you and what you do. Okay. Uh, So the homeschool connection journal is on Amazon and it is full of prompts that um, ask you to observe things in your house in your home and in your relationships with your kids. So, um, I, isn't that funny? I can't, I can never think of anything that's in there and I always have to look. So for example, um, one page says I got excited about someone's idea. So we would just write, it it just says that at the top and it's blank. And you would just write in there a time about a time that you got excited about one of your kids ideas and how you supported it or whatever, how everybody felt about it. Um, so there's a section, uh, section on feeling. Uh, I, I can't remember the other sections. That's funny. Doing there's a gratitude section. The last several pages are, um, I am grateful. 
So to, because gratitude makes a huge difference in how we are feeling. Um, but it's just to celebrate what you are already doing in your homeschool and notice that and kind of give yourself credit instead of tearing yourself down for what you haven't done and what you, ha what your kids haven't done. So that's on Amazon. And there's a really cute picture of my granddaughter on the front. Um, <clears throat> and let's see, uh, the connection is not the key. No, that's not curriculum is not the key. Connection is definitely the key. <laughs> curriculum is not the key is, um, available on my website, homeschoolparadigm.com. Um, and I think that's $4.99 on there. All right. And I also offer a homeschool coaching. So I think you have a Calendly link to um, schedule some coaching if anyone's interested in that. And I probably gave you my Instagram link, which is a little thin right now, my Instagram account, but I'll be working on that. All right. That's awesome. I mean, homeschool moms, we can do a lot of things, just not all the things. Right. <laughs> and this is also why we write things down. So we don't have to remember them. Right. That's why you have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Well, you know, my daughter, she writes fiction and seriously, she publishes a book and then later, you know, months later, someone wants her to tell all about the book. And she's like, Oh, wow. I need to really think about that. I can't remember what I wrote that whole story made up with those people <laughs> so true so true <laughs> all right well thank you so much for sharing your hope and enthusiasm for connecting with our kids in in homeschool appreciate it well thank you so much for having me thanks for listening to the building heroes podcast can you help more people join the building heroes movement by sharing this podcast more people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on building heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.